Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the seventh installment of the fucking mind control series. I've tried to record this intro three fucking times because my goddamn dogs won't shut the fuck up. I think what's happening is they hear you talking in here and they think it's someone outside. It's annoying, though. You know, I fucking buy them food. These guys don't have jobs. They're not doing anything. They just sit here and they don't even guard the house. Let's be real. They bark every time someone yeah. pulls up. I think they bark at squirrels and lizards more than but they actually bark at fucking people. They bark at everything, every noise. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> I love my dogs, but god damn it, that was annoying. <laughs> so, third try, seventh installment of the Mind Control series, based off of Jim Keith, his great book, Mind Control, World Control. Fun stuff here, folks. Okay. Uh, don't let my negative tone fool you. This is great <laughs> stuff. Um, as you know, I started this whole thing off kind of just trying to dissect the idea of the the mentality of the sheep, right? These people that believe the mainstream media narrative at all costs, and they're willing to die for it, even if they know that it's not true. Um, it's a weird, weird concept. I think that there's frequencies at play. There's generational indoctrination. That's a new term that I just created right there. Do you like that? That's pretty classy. Um generational indoctrination that's been going on via people like Wilhelm Wundt, uh, John Dewey, uh, these people that are Marxist, materialist, uh, godless individuals. And when I say kids just to sacrifice them. Yeah. I mean, when I say God, godless people, I don't mean that you have to believe in the same God that I do or the same God that anyone does. I I just think that there is something to be said about elites that don't believe that there are consequences after they move on from this realm. I think that that's a a pretty basic idea. But at the same time, a lot of the elite don't tend to really follow the same ideal system. Um, I want to get into some interesting stuff here. I've got some great guests that I do quick little bits with. Um, Talk for about 20 minutes with uh, Sam Honnold. Uh, great, great guy. You, you may know him as Pastor Sam. I've had him on uh, a few episodes recently. Uh, also talked with Alex Stein, which I know you guys know him, and uh, Mark Palmer, Mark Steves. I don't know what the fuck he wants to be called. We actually, I asked him this, and and uh, you know, he kind of gave me a mixed answer. So we'll call him Mark Mark Palmer Steves, and uh, he hops on too. <laughs> And um, you know, I know you guys know him too. He runs Alt Media United. He's really doing great things to bring people together, um, as far as uh, alternative thinkers and uh, people that push back against the mainstream media narrative. And I think that that is very important right now, right? I mean, we're talking about mind control, and we have uh, people out here trying to connect alternative thinkers. And I think that that's very important. You can't be controlled if you think in an alternative 
manner. So uh, housekeeping up front really quick, guys. Uh, Patreon.com slash Dangerous World. Whether you're giving 3 5 or $10, you really help make the show happen. Uh, I can walk you through the method of getting the private RSS feed so you get the full version of every episode that I've done for only $3 and you can listen to it the exact same way that you're listening to the show that you're, I mean, same way that you're hearing me right now. Uh, and you can just hit me up on Patreon and I can uh, walk you through that process. $5, you get my rants. Uh, I predicted a murder next door, which uh, the very next day there was the police. The police were over there, yeah, right? That's true. Um, so it's interesting. Um, nothing really came of that, but I yeah, mean, I have no idea. I just saw two cop cars and a, a cop SUV over there. So unmarked, yeah. two were unmarked, right? And then there was one like cruiser. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you get fun stuff over there. A little, little different tone on that show. It's mostly me bitching uh, about the current events in the news. And um, yeah, so uh, I appreciate you guys that that support me over there. Dangerousworldstore.com is the place that you can go to get the government is the virus t-shirts. I'm wearing a pink one right now. I usually, uh, yeah, I've been selling a lot of the green ones, but the pink ones are uh, fucking clean, dude. I got to yeah, tell you. I really like the pink one. I know, it's nice. It's like a nice fluorescent I pink. I might buy a pink one from you, in fact. Uh, well, <laughs> we'll charge you 50 for that one. Okay, you know. What? You know, you get the uh, you get the 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 supporter discount, which is uh, an increased price. I think oh that that's God. fair, but it is what it is. You know, honestly, guys, the the shirts over there they're seventeen dollars and seventy six cents in honor of the foundation of this country. You already know if you fucking listen to one episode of this goddamn show, but you are really, really like amped up today. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to get into this stuff because the whole idea here with the way that the mind control stuff has been set up lsd was a crucial part of this whole thing and it was essentially put in place to change the image of man and this term was actually publicized later on right i mean you get the idea of of man kind of morphing and i think that we're seeing that right now actually with the vaccines they're saying that they want to sort of hijack the uh god-given dna and they want to make it luciferian instead of a double helix they want to create a triple helix, which, again, will be Luciferian. It's kind of throwing it in the face of God and blah, blah, blah. But LSD was the first attempt at this, in my opinion. And again, to, to change the image of man, a 301 page study under Stanford Research Institute in 1974 was created by Willis Harmon, director for the SRI Center for the Study of Social Policy. And there was a number of experts involved, including B.F. Skinner. And I, I, you know, I know we talked about this a little bit before. You're not familiar with B.F. Skinner, correct? No, not at all, actually. So I, I mentioned him in earlier episodes. This guy put his daughter in what he called the Skinner box. It's a hermetically sort of sealed, controlled environment. Uh, he started putting children in one at a time. Uh, but then he realized he could put multiple children in these boxes and control multiple children's minds at once. Um, yeah, that's not creepy at all. Well, and the thing is, his daughter that he put in ended yeah, up. Yeah, that's horrible. Well, she ended up killing herself when of she was in her early twenties. Yeah, of course she did. Yeah, so it's fucked up. Um, I mean, that's kind of uncontested. Oh, but Jesus. I, this is where Tavistock sort of comes from. His ideas like this, right? And it's uh, it's very unfortunate, but according to them, it's, uh, you know, worthy sacrifices. 
Um, I mean, it's, it's fucked up. The agenda behind this Stanford study that I mentioned earlier, um, was promoting the same idea that the new world order has been pounding home since it ever began, uh, get away with industrial growth. Um, you don't want any of that, you know, actual first world growth. You want to get away from that shit and you want to do uh, some some spiritualism type shit. And what they thought of as spiritualism was really the lack of a spirit. Um, you know, Wilhelm Wundt hijacked the idea of what was initial, initially psychology, studying the mind and the soul and turning that into the idea of just researching how the brain works. And this is a problem for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, no one really recognized this because everyone saw these people to be so brilliant. I mean, these are liberal elite, uh, you know, alumni, college fucking, you know, university bigwigs. And, and no one questioned them because they were so ahead of their time. And also the growing fields like science, technology and economics. These elements of society bring a lot of pleasure obviously in our lives right but at what cost right we we learn a lot of things from the internet but at what cost like i said you're you're spied on constantly with your smartphone you're constantly being monitored at all times but i wouldn't have this podcast there wouldn't be any podcast if there was no such thing as the internet i often wonder what would happen if the internet disappeared yeah i mean not only if the internet uh, disappear but if it was never even a thing right this is a weird concept for us to think but societies before like you know cataclysmic events ever happened you know we think of like the the noah flood and all that shit um what was society like before that happened right we we have if you look into the bible and shit like that the bible says that society as a whole was gluttonous they were very um you know, transsexualism was very popular in Rome uh, before it fell. And we're seeing the same kind of patterns go on. So it's almost like what was going on back then before these empires fell. Yeah, all cultures hit the height of their civilization before they crumble. Well, they, they hit a height in civilization, but they also, you know, achieve levels of debauchery that would never have been like contemplated generations before that. Right. I'm talking two or three generations before think about world war two in world war two. It was, it was not cool to be gay. You know what I mean? You could not be gay. It was not very cool to be black either. So yeah. And I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I don't know, especially with the black thing. Like you can't say that it's fucked up for someone to be born a certain way. Right. Right. So that's why it's just an example of how laws weren't, like society wasn't necessarily good back then. Like we were all still learning. And before that, people just like killed each other all the time. Like, well, yeah. And I, centuries, you know? what I'm saying is I think that there's a give and take there. I think that there are, uh, there's a lot of positives and there's a lot of negatives in societies like that. It's a give and take. I mean, y- you have to sacrifice a little bit in order to live the way that we do now. Right. Um, I want you guys to kind of think about that. While we're heading into this first little quick conversation that I have with Sam Honnold, Pastor Sam, incredible dude, very, very educated in all types of conspiratorial topics, but he ties them in to his religious worldview. Uh, the dude is in exile in Mexico. He's a political, uh, a religious uh, refugee, 
um very very smart dude he's uh he married a uh an individual with disassociative identity disorder and we talk about that a little bit and we break that down um just for a quick yet you know 20 minutes or so but i think that uh you guys will enjoy pastor sam you can find him at gospel gunslinger so uh we'll see you on the other side of this jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your strength. And while that seems so simple on the surface, who really does that? If we really break into it, a lot of people are serving that, that are believers that are really trying, that are on the straight and narrow. They're serving the Lord God Almighty with maybe 50% of their, their heart, mind, and their strength. And we're trying to all push forward to where we get total recall and where we're pushing towards that mark of 99% or of 100%. But the fact is, this is a very common thing. Really, everybody has suppressed memories. Everybody has things that they have put in the closet and forgotten about, and they're covered with dust and all kinds of other stuff. But I just want to come out and, and, and state clearly that the Bible talks about DID, MPD. It talks about repressed memories, dissociative identity disorder and multiple personality disorder. And it talks about it not on the sideline, but as a very central thing that would be a key issue in these last days. And so it's really dangerous. A lot of people are are wanting the help of God and they're they're turning to pastors and teachers to try to get that. Uh, some have already found out that most the entire psychological help establishment outside of a, a very small percentage of Bible-believing Christian therapists that also work in deliverance, people are finding out that their psychologists are run by the machine, the board, the, the CIA, world government complex. And then they go, go to their pastor, they go to a church, and they find out that the same thing is true, that there's only a very, very thin sliver of people that can help and want to help because their bread's butter. They've made a career out of this. They've gotten on the bandwagon with the 501c3s. But this is where I, as a refugee and as a, as a jungle preacher and a street preacher, if you don't know that about me, that's the case. Uh, I have fled the United States. I have been persecuted by many different agencies. We used to heal the sick years ago. Just once in a while, somebody would get healed. And it got so bad that uh, one of my mentors got a personal visit from none other than General Albert Stubblebine, Bert Stubblebine, the head of all military and uh, CIA paranormal investigations and research, came into one of my mentor's homeless shelters in Quincy, Illinois, in disguise as a homeless person. And so this is not something that started yesterday. We are the remnant. We are trying to help people and get people free and let me tell you, there, Jesus is the answer. There is hope in the Lord God Almighty. There is hope in the Bible. And I would just direct everyone to your King James Bible, open it up prayerfully, and the Lord will lead you, and he will heal you, and he'll heal your heart. And Ryan, if you have a question, you just jump in any time as I come in and just lay the foundation of the Bible doctrines of where this comes from. And one more personal story. Uh, you know, the Bible schools are crawling with, uh, what are these, Stepford Wives? What did Nicole Kidman play? By the way, I, I married a woman, that, an Irish redhead that looked just like Nicole Kidman, and she was one. She was one of the ones that had come to the Bible study that her family was pushing her forward. And on one level, she wanted to be free. 
on another level, she was really tied to some boat anchors. She did not come from Oklahoma where we met. She came from Arkansas. Everything you've ever heard about Arkansas, all the jokes, the truth is far more disgusting and worse because this is a, this is a stronghold that was settled by uh, infiltrators into our nation centuries ago and their secret rights have been practiced there. So the woman that I married, her father was a car dealer and club owner who was a known associate that used to hang out with one Roger Clinton, the brother of ex-president Bill Clinton. And so, yes, when the, when the woman that I married was a very little blonde girl, she was passed around Little Rock, Arkansas, in all of these circles that are known to uh, horribly abuse people. Hillary likes little girls, if you didn't know. So this has become a personal thing for me, trying to just reach forward towards uh, towards my own victory. And uh, I've found that it's this affects a lot of people, a lot of people, even adults. You know, a, a missionary that I know very well, Russell Stendhal, one of the most famous missionaries in the world who uh, worked. He was the main missionary supported by Voice of the Martyrs in South America for probably 20 years. And he and I have something in common. We were both captured by communist guerrillas and held in uh, guerrilla camps in Latin America. Now, I was only there for a few days, but he was tied to a tree, chained to a tree for three months. You know, no bathroom facilities, no shelter from the weather. So he was tortured. And I've met a lot of people that as adults were tortured were raped, even men. It's maybe even harder for a man to be raped. And when that happens, there's a certain damage that happens in the in the spirit. So let's just cover a few terms. And I'm gonna I'm just gonna lay this doctrine out. We're gonna talk about, I'll tell you what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about Jesus Christ telling in Luke 4:18, he quotes the prophet Isaiah. In fact, Jesus stood up in the synagogue and read from the prophet Isaiah this passage and he said this is today this is fulfilled in your hearing and the the point that i want you to really focus on is that jesus came to heal the brokenhearted okay there are words in the bible that refer to the inner man the heart uh, cardium the naos or the mind there are uh, several words in the old testament people believed in the body and then the soul slash spirit. So man was really diune. There was the inner man and there was the outer man. And they believed in eternal life and all these things that we believe in as New Testament believers. But there wasn't real, the spirit really was vestigial. It was like the appendix. It was, it was something that had not really uh, flourished. And so when we get into the New Testament and Jesus being crucified and him rising from the dead, then we deal with the born again experience and we believe that the spirit comes from a vestigial state of being dead in sin and becomes a full part of what a human being is. And so we have the body, the soul, which is the, the mind and the seat of reason, the seat of decision. And then we have the spirit, which is an, another and, and a far more powerful vehicle that we have to receive from God and to express ourselves like we can express ourselves with the body you know we could raise our eyebrows yeah. if, if we can use the body 
All right, everybody, interrupting the conversation real quick just to tell you about my good friends at Manscaped, all right? Autumn's in the air and pumpkins are in the patch. And our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure that you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, okay? Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package, which I'll tell you about. It's pretty great. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Sounds fun. I won't be participating. Ready to take the leap this fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. You can enter the promo code DANGER and get great, great stuff. This thing, the, the performance package that I'm talking about here, you get the Lawnmower 4.0 Skin Safe Electric Trimmer. You cannot cut your sack with this thing. I've deliberately tried. I take like a really small piece of my bat wing and I fold it in half and shove it in the blade and nothing happens. I don't know how they do it, but they do a great job with this stuff. It's got a great ceramic blade, 7,000 quiet stroke technology in that bad boy too. Wireless charging. It's waterproof so you can shave in the shower. You get the Weed Whacker, which is that ear and nose hair trimmer. Uh, works very very well crop preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant which is phenomenal you can't have a stinky gooch with this stuff on uh females do not like that or so i'm told crop reviver keep those balls nice and toned instead of them looking like saggy raisins they look like big voluptuous tennis balls as the commercials tell you or i guess pumpkins would be more appropriate for this time of year right uh, Magic Mat, which is a disposable shaving mat. kind of looks like a really cool newspaper. Uh, fun, fun stuff. The Shed, which is just the travel bag. This isn't a shed that they send you to shoot someone behind. Um, and then also uh, the Manscaped Boxers, which are awesome. The whole thing, guys, is $217 value, okay? But you actually can get it for $129 before you enter the promo code DANGER. So $217 value for $129 minus 20%, okay, with the promo code DANGER. Really, really awesome stuff, guys. Other products they got, like I said, I mentioned all the ones that you really want, but they do have some really great soap, uh, which is like 8 bucks before the discount. Really, really fun stuff. You can check one of those gifts off for Christmas before uh, you have to stress about it. And because uh, I don't know how how often they change their their deals right now, the 4.0 uh, performance package is the focus and it has been since I've been on board with them, but I'm sure they'll come out with something new before Christmas. So you don't want to miss out on this nice little deal here. So with that being said, guys, again, get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code danger at manscaped.com. That's 20 percent off and free shipping with the code danger at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped and your balls will thank you. And so will whoever's sucking them. Okay. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Mr. Sam Honnold. Yeah, man, I, I find it really interesting that you bring this up, like, you know, in the quick time that we have here, because what the study of psychology was in the beginning was the study of the soul. This is what it was before the 1800s. And then you get these characters, which I mentioned in my first episode in this installment, like Wilhelm Wundt uh, out of, uh, you know, Prussia, out of these interesting areas where it was very uh, taking the idea of a more spiritual connection or a more godly connection and turning it into taking it away from the, the study of the soul and the mind and turning it into like brain uh, activity. 
the way that the neurons, you know, from the brain and things like that. And it's very interesting to me. Uh, you know, I just got this book um, about devil, like the devil, uh, demons and, uh, you know, possession and things like that. And I'm curious to read it because I kind of want to know that side of of the way that those people believe. And I, I understand demons are very real. Um, but when you speak about this idea of someone being raped or someone being put through some sort of trauma, when they're splitting that mind up or splitting the personality, do you think that that leaves a void for a demon or something like that to enter in and to sort of you know, act out in a, in a way that would be seen okay. here on earth. You have hit the nail on the head and you've brought up a lot of really good points. In fact, uh, more than anyone else that I interview with, you just come in and go, bam, bam, bam. So <laughs> you went right where I was going. Okay. Suki is the Greek word for soul that occurs in the Bible numerous times. And on our list of scriptures that I sent you just a few scriptures, these scriptures in James talk about the suki and the suki being uh, plural, more than one, or the suki being divided. And so, yes, uh, the, the, the word psychologist, a psychologist is a sukiologist. They are mm. a specialist in the soul. That's where the word comes from. Wow, like, that's crazy. Like you say. The, the science has, has uh, gotten off the rails and is now in outer space, and they, uh, most all professionals in that field are controlled, I'll just tell you. Yeah, so let's see what the Bible yeah. says. Okay, suki, neos, cardiam. Those are the three Greek words that in the New Testament refer to the inner man, refer to the soul slash spirit, refer to to the mind the heart the the inner man okay let's see what the bible says about it this is in the book of james first chapter and i'll start with seven let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the lord so why does the devil do this to people so that they won't receive anything from the lord so that they will be insulated with a very powerful but invisible barrier from god that's the point and so that those divisions will hide demonic attachments. I'm going to read the verse and then we'll go a little further. Verse eight, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Okay, so the prosperity preachers used to say, and we are prosperity preachers, by the way, we believe in taking hold of things in the, in the invisibles and bringing them into the natural. But they used to say, no, you can't ask God for a, for a Lincoln and for a Cadillac. You got can't be double minded. You got to know what it is you're believing in God for. <laughs> you got to know and believe and ask for either the Lincoln or the Cadillac and one or the other. Otherwise, a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you see, and I mean across across racial lines and across different strains of Christianity, this doctrine has prevailed. And that is such a shallow interpretation. It's prima facie, it's stupid. So what yeah. does this really mean? Okay, either a person is in possession of two souls or the soul can be divided and is divided 
And if the soul is divided, then it's a very serious thing that prevents a person from moving towards loving and serving the Lord God Almighty with all their heart, all their soul, and all their mind, and all their strength. And that's the idea so, of the, of the so, uh, duality of man. Every man has a component of good and a component of evil inside of them, right? Well, God wants for us to be united. He, this is why we are given the water baptism is to destroy that dark side and, and the strength of temptation to sin. And if you're out there and you're struggling and you want to know what the way home is, baptize yourself in water in the name of Jesus, believing for the circumcision of the heart, for the destruction of the flesh and for the death of the old man in the waters of baptism. That's just a, a powerful weapon that God has given us. And you can you can go sit in church a hundred times and nobody tell you that. So I'm just going to throw it out on the barrel head. This is about the mind being literally divided. It's about the inner man being literally divided. So uh, obviously we, we don't have Siamese twins in the spirit realm where two different uh, souls are in one body. However, when I was in the Christian university, this was a doctrine that they really tried to root out of us and say, okay, we believe in demons. We believe in casting out demons. And if you find a separate entity inside of a person, well, that's a demon and you need to cast it out. Dangerously, partially true. Yes, that happens. But the fact is, it's right here in the Bible that the soul can be divided. Okay, so here it is on the, on the next page. Well, it's a couple chapters back. In the book of James, chapter four, let's start in six, but he giveth more grace. So God is willing to pour out his goodness and his power to save us from all of these calamities. He giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. A lot of people are proud. They, they're not going to they're not going to bend on what their doctrine of their problem is. But God gives grace to the humble. If we'll just. If we will just humble ourselves before him, if we'll just ask him to help us, and it's going to require some change of our ideologies. Verse 7, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So even if there are demonic attachments, we can, we can defeat it according to this verse and according to Psalm 91. If we set our affections on the Lord God Almighty, therefore will I deliver him. So we'll get deliverance. We will get the, the driving out of those unclean spirits. Verse eight, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and da, 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 dum. purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, mm. mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. So the Lord will deal with and bring forth healing to the divided soul and he'll drive out listen if if there are demonic attachments to an undivided person they're pretty easy to to find they're pretty easy for someone who moves in the holy spirit and moves in deliverance they're pretty easy to find and drive out and so the enemy developed these strategies and a lot of it comes out of soviet russia you know uh marcia i always forget her last name but the first u.s a champion usa gymnastics she won the first world title in 1978 and when the usa gymnastics thing opened up she finally came out and said yes i also was abused by my coaches and she was trained by some of the first 
Russian trainers that came to the United States. Also, the school, you and I talked about this ahead of the show, the school of, of actors, the method school was founded by Russians. And so these uh, occult sciences were developed in Nazi Germany and in the Soviet Union. And then it very clearly came to America. And I'll just tell you, Robert De Niro is right on the fringe of every major pedophile bust. And he hasn't been taken down yet. But yeah. the fact that he's just right there in the shadows outside of where the law has gotten, it should cause us all to wonder. And he's one of the most famous people out of the method actor school. So pretty much everybody out of Disney is cracked They're, You know, those kids are all CIA projects. They're all abused. Everybody out of the method school is cracked. So they actually have divided souls and they create a fragment personality that's for a role. And then they get into that fragment personality. And the one thing they're known for is they refuse to break character. You know, mm -hmm. when the camera shuts off and they wrap, they have trouble getting into character. They have trouble getting out of character because it's actually a fragment of a divided soul. Let's Shia LaBeouf was going around freaking killing dogs uh, to get into killing dogs on the street, like stray dogs, to get into one of his mind spaces for his one of his roles. And you speak about Disney here. Uh, what was the first character of Disney? It was Mickey Mouse. You take Mickey Mouse, you flip it upside down, or the word Mickey, you flip it upside down and, and mirror image it. It says wicked. I mean, plain as day. You know what I mean? There's there's very interesting symbolism when it comes to Disney. And um, I mean, man, it's just, it's weird to me. One thing I want to kind of finish off on here, and then I'll, I'll give it to you for the, the remaining portion here. Um, from what it sounds like with the whole the 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 split personality and the two sides to every person, whether you want to be good or evil, from the way that I'm seeing it, it seems like God does not respect a coward or God does not respect someone that isn't sure about their their um, manifested destiny. So if you want to be a good person uh, or you want to be a bad person wholeheartedly. It seems like God will respect that. Um, and this is just me, me and a completely uneducated as far as it comes to, uh, you know, religion and especially Christianity. I, I'm more um, interested in the more, uh, you know, interesting, like kind of just weird, uh, you know, I don't know what you'd call them, Gnosticism type religions. I find that to what you're saying be be something that that has some validity there as far as like God just not respecting someone that doesn't know who they are or what they want out of life, what they want uh, out of all of these fruits that God has bared. If you can't find a way that you want to go, uh, I mean, maybe you don't have a place with God. I mean, I don't know. Is, am I off base there? It definitely takes a maximum effort, but the hardest thing is one of the easiest. We have to humble ourselves. We have to mm. take our existing doctrines and, and one of key core doctrine of modernism is i'm okay that i deserve to be accepted no really the person is wicked at the at the core and in mm, the heart okay and that part needs to be driven from them and and it takes something to come to god and to ask for that you know people would rather pay a large sum they would rather do a great feat they would rather take their army and go capture the golden fleece just like the general that came to the prophet elisha in the bible and Elisha told him to do a simple thing, to dip, dip seven times in the Jordan and be healed of his leprosy. And he mm. was furious. The prophet didn't even come out and talk to him. So that was a real offense to his pride. You know, here he was a great diplomat. 
Imagine if the Secretary of Defense came with a, 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 a motorcade and a military convoy and knocked on a person's door and said, hey, uh, I want to talk to Sam. And, and he just sent a messenger outside. It's what the prophet did. OK, go dip in the Jordan seven times and you'll be healed. So he was offended that he wasn't received as a diplomat. And he was offended that he had to dip. He said, are not the rivers of my nation better than the Jordan? And his servant came to him and said, if he had asked you something difficult, you would do it. But he's only asked you to wash and be clean. And then Naaman, the Syrian mighty general, head of the army, he laid his pride down and went and dipped seven times in the River Jordan. And he got his healing. His flesh was restored as that of a little child. So that's a lesson for all of us that what God wants us to do is not a great thing. It's simple things, but it requires the laying down of all of our pride. You know, he had to take off all of his shields and his royal insignia and and all of his captains are standing there watching him go down and take a bath in the River Jordan. So it's really easy to come to God. It's only at the cost of, of our own haughtiness. And James makes that very clear. Let me read this last verse. Yeah, what you're saying here is humans are prideful and they need to be humble. Right, right. That's how God wants to come to him. And Mm. we learn as Christians and a lot of people that have been on the path for some years, I have to take them right back to basics. You know, they want to get up and grouch in the morning and complain and banter and BS and be carnal and nasty. And that's where we get up and take up our cross. This is where we come to the Lord with worship. This is where we acknowledge his greatness. Father, we magnify you. We love you. We, we, we humble ourselves before you. It helps to say it. It helps to lift up your hands. It does. That's a sign of surrender. And it does help to bow, bow before him, kiss the son, lest he be angry. We need to remember that God is also the judge. And if we're found with the wicked when he comes to judge the earth, and I'm not really talking about the last day. I'm talking about the hurricanes and the invasions coming and the wildfires and military attacks. When those things come, if we're found with the wicked, we'll be swept away. We have to. The Bible's clear. Today is the day of salvation. We need to really reach out to God in the now. Interesting, man. This Bible verse. Yeah. Yeah. I I want to share with you. So important. That in all the newfangled Bibles, it is flatly gone. It's flatly gone along with Acts 8.37, the one verse in all the Bible that tells what an adult person should do in order to be baptized in water, that they have to believe with all their heart. I've told people, open your Bible, read Acts 8.38. They read it. And of course, it's all modern language and sing-songy, you know, know these and those, it's real easy. Then I say, now read 8.36, and they read that. And I say, now read 837, and it's gone. It's gone. So it goes from 836 to 838? Yeah, and a lot of new Bibles, because 837 is a very key verse where the Ethiopian eunuch, here again, another high official in a foreign kingdom, is talking to the Lord's apostle and about being baptized in water. And he says, here's water. What hindereth me from being baptized? So this is the confession of faith. This is where a person says, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is God manifest in the flesh. And I want to be baptized in his name so that I can rise, rise from the dead like he did. Very simple. So that's just one verse that's gone. 
out of new Bibles. And another one that's gone, Ryan, is what I'm going to read to you right here. This is Acts 4, excuse me, Luke, Luke's gospel, 418. I'm going to start in uh, 16. And he, Jesus, came to Nazareth. So this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry after his 30th birthday. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And it and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. So these people had the Psalms and the prophets and the, the law of Moses, and they would study that on Saturday every day. Nobody would work. They'd study. So Jesus goes into the meeting. Verse 17, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And he reads this. I'm going to just go to verse 20 so you get the full context. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And right then they decide that they're going to kill this man. And they chased him out of town. They took him out of town with the mob to the brow of the hill. And we're going to throw him down and then cast stones on him so that he died. Because he said this verse that's written in the prophet Isaiah. And here's what he said. Jesus said. So he's claiming to be the Messiah. But he's also telling what the Messiah is supposed to do. And he makes this quotation from the book of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Okay, so the modern church has taken a part of this, and really a lot of people believe in the possibility of divine healing, even if they don't walk in it or really see it or expect it. The it's kind of within Christian circles, mostly known that God could heal a person, that he made mankind, that he made the body and he could probably fix it. So the fact that Jesus came to heal, and they definitely believe that Jesus healed the blind and that he healed the lame and set people at liberty that were impoverished or whatever. But here's the key thing. The broken hearted. The Lord sent Jesus to fulfill this scripture of Isaiah that he would heal those whose inner man was fractured or divided, that their heart, their cardiac was broken, was fractured, was split. And then he says, finally, and this is called parallelism. It's a Hebrew poetic technique where a person says one thing. And then they say the same thing all over again with different words. And it's very powerful to punctuate a point. He says, I'm come to set at liberty them that are bruised. And this term bruised, it's sun tribo in the Greek. And as far as with the body, it means to have a crushing wound. But it applies to all kinds of other things. And really, the, the base meaning is to be broken to shivers like a pot that is smashed and so when we talk about mpd and did we talk about the soul being fragmented we talk about the, the dissociative identity disorder that their identity has been fractured and that there's a fragment here and a fragment there 
and amnesic barriers in between those. So there are voids in there that perhaps a demon could camp on, or perhaps a, a one fragment could not communicate with the other fragments. Mm. And Jesus speaks exactly of this. He says, there's people that are like a clay pot that's been smashed on the inside. And you can't see that. You know, he referred to the, bro- to the blind and the lame that he's going to heal that. And that's great. But then he refers to the inner person being smashed and fragmented. And that the Lord Jesus came to heal that so that we can come to integration and move towards, you know, every person in prayer, they're thinking, oh, I'm hungry. I got to take a leak. All right. So maybe we never get to that place of 100 percent. You see how wrong it is for any person to be like, well, I love the Lord with all my heart, mind and soul and strength. Oh, really? OK, why are you thinking about what you want to do in an hour? Why are you thinking about your plans, your appetites, your desires, your your carnality? You know, you're a person in flesh. So I think we need to just start with beginning that none of us accomplished that. Mm-hmm. and We need to move towards 100 percent. And if there's fragmentation and suppressed memories, which I think we all have to some degree, but people that have been subject to trauma-based and sex-based trauma for mind control are heavily suntriba, they're heavily uh, smashed and fragmented and fractured, their souls divided. And the good news is this is what the Lord Jesus came to restore. Praise God. Man, that is uh that's a very very interesting take, a very unique one that I have not heard, man. I've been reading a lot about this mind control stuff. Um the the split personalities and uh you know, the different types, whether we're talking uh beta, you know, I I know last time we spoke, we talked about like the the sex slaves, those are the beta sex kitten types. Uh, the deltas, which are the assassinators, uh, omegas, which are, you know, suicide, uh, mind control, things like that. Think like Jonestown, stuff like that. Cults. Um, never heard that though, man. And I think that what you just did right there is going to give some of my listeners definitely something to think about for sure. And I mean, that's always the goal when we get together, right? I mean, like whether you're on this show or whether you're, you know, speaking with anyone else, I think that that is always the reason that podcasts are so great and, and radio shows like this or, or whatever, it's just a great way to get people to kind of think outside the box. Um, I mean, right. Sam, I, I, I appreciate you breaking that down in that manner. Um, really incredible. I, I have to think about a lot of the stuff that you just said, which is a, a, a nice gift, I think, that you just gave me right there. So I appreciate that very much, man. We're going to be definitely talking more in the future, I, I think. Uh, so we'll definitely see, um, you know, where this whole thing can go, man. I, I appreciate you hopping on for this quick amount of time here. Uh, visit gospelgunslingers.com. Um, check out your, you got your three minute, uh, Bible verses. You break down like little sermons each day, correct? Every day. Yep. And that's Every perfect for this. Short teaching and really based on self-defense and self-government that we're not supposed to be slaves, that we're supposed to rise above. We're supposed to be free. You know, here we read about Jesus breaking the chains and setting at liberty those who are oppressed. And so I teach on that every day. Mm-hmm. I'm an easy person to find, even though I, I am outside the United States. I'm broadcasting right now from Mexico City. So I'm a real refugee. And uh, but at the same time, I'm easy to find. I'm easy to find. And I, I, I look forward to getting people's questions. There's a contact box on my site, gospelgunslingers.com, where you can reach out to me on Telegram. Super easy. 
And I would love to hear from you if you're out there. So God bless yeah. every one of you. And Ryan, we're going to get you on. Me on. Absolutely, man. I, I mean, the pleasure is mine right now, man. Uh, we're going to get you involved with some other shows as well, dude. I, I've got some connections. We'll get you we'll get you out there a little more because, yeah, you, the, when you can tie things like that together, uh, it's very interesting, to say the least. I mean, it's a uh, um, some people may not agree with your whole thing. And I think that something that kind of separates you from a lot of other pastors is uh, you don't think that people should just listen to you. Right. This is the problem with, like you mentioned, the 501c3s. Uh, when you're a tax exempt church, you are sort of controlled by the government, right? And you can you can perpetuate the government's ideas. We get these things where, like, you, you know, he may not be a godly man, but he's God's man, so you need to listen to him. This is not what you're saying at all. So I appreciate right. that We're very much. That. And that's why I'm a fugitive. At the same time, we do we love the Word of God. It's it it this is the answer to everything. We love it, we do thump it. <laughs> there you go. You know, I don't wanna I don't wanna beat people over the head with it, but I want everyone to know that the secret to our escape from every kind of bondage, from every kind of captivity, including literal jailbreaks, is right here in the Bible. And I may be a refugee, but I'm a free man in a free country. I'm in the capital of the free world and we're continuing to broadcast to help people. So that's just a testimony to, to the goodness of God and the veracity of the Bible. There goes the Gospel Gunslinger. Gospelgunslingers.com. Check him out. Fun, fun stuff that he's always about. Really getting into like World War Three and the breakdown of that. Um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. But we just watched a fun movie, Manchurian Candidate, right? Yeah, I've never seen that movie before. It was a trip. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We watched the Denzel version. I've mentioned this in a few episodes before. Um, the idea of a Manchurian candidate seems kind of fantastical. It seems like it couldn't be done, but there's actually pretty credible historical references that this is very, very real. And th- ever since the OSS and the CIA were ever a thing, there's been a serious amount of resources directed towards hypnosis. Um, obviously the OSS created the CIA, um, but there was various goals from the jump. Uh, three were, were very notable to me. One, the speedy hypnotic induction of unwilling subjects Two, the ability to create long lasting amnesia and three, the implanting of long lasting, useful hypnotic suggestion. And this kind of comes to us from Dr. George Estabrooks. This this guy was the chairman of the Department of Psychology at Colgate University. And he was part of the earliest OSS experiments in the hypnosis department. And I I kind of thought this weird thing was like, have you heard about like fluoride, how fluoride's in toothpaste and it fucks with the way that you think? Yeah, definitely. So Colgate. It's in the air now, you know, just like. What's in water mostly? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's in the air too. No, the- not fluoride, but like they have different chemicals in the air now because the chemtrails and all that stuff. Yeah, a lot of heavy metal patterns and all that shit. Yeah, a lot of heavy metals and and weird shit like that. But um, it, it, it's kind of interesting that this Dr. George Estabrooks was working at the head of the psychology department at Colgate University. It, this is a liberal arts college in New York. That's I mean, this crazy. is like some of the well. What's creepier is that Colgate was the first mass-produced modern toothpaste in 1873. Yeah, really? So this was in jars. Colgate today. 
Yeah, I mean, there there is still Colgate. If what you, the fuck is in it today, then, if they could, you know, start putting fucked up shit in it back then? I mean, I don't know. That's the problem. And, and if you do a quick Google search, it, it'll tell you that Crest was the first toothpaste to put fluoride in it. Weird. But, um, I mean, modern toothpaste, you got Colgate University, which which was like the foundational part in mind control. Um, and then you get fluoride Colgate toothpaste that's uh, <laughs> that's being mass produced as well. Not a coincidence. I'm sure. No I'm sure it's not a coincidence. I'm sure it's not a conspiracy either. There's just something <laughs> weird to the whole thing. Um, and I like kind of trying to tie those things together just to get some thought going. Right. You know what I'm I mean? sure during that time, Lincoln got shot or something like serious happened right around the same time where it was distracting everybody. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> probably. I mean, that see, that's the thing. I mean, they, they're masters at this kind of uh, deception. 1873 is around the uh, the Civil War. Google real quick for me when uh, the yeah. Civil War happened. I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, I'm sure it was right around 1873. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, this this George S. Brooks claimed that he could hypnotize any person without their consent or knowledge. And he said something pretty fucking crazy to a group of uh, intelligence officials. And that group, uh, the idea, what, what do you got? 1861 to 1865. Okay, so right yeah, after. Yeah. Right after the Civil War ends. Yeah. You get essentially some fluoride toothpaste and that's on a mess probably like a depression everybody was poor and like people are all like crippled and like without their families because of the big old war that happened you know it was a pretty shitty time right after the war i bet well you know it's kind of weird too supposedly like this black dude uh larry elders that's running for governor in california he's advocating for the idea of re- uh giving um giving money back to old slave owners that got their land taken from them and he's a black dude you know what i mean if if they make that happen they're gonna have to make reparations happen and like that's uh... no but he wants reparations for the slave owners not the slaves i know but if that happens for the slave owners then that means that it has to happen for the slaves too so it's just like a cog in the wheel like they're trying like like, it's setting a precedent yeah like it's just i don't uh... I'm like no comment. No, just kidding. I don't think that. I don't think that they should get reparations now because I think that's ridiculous. Is that wrong to say? I, I mean, I don't think anyone. Ridiculous. I don't think anyone should get reparations. For reparations now, like, come on. Yeah, I don't they, know. Man. Maybe, and this might sound shitty too, but maybe they should have fought harder to get them back then. You know, or even a hundred years later, or like two hundred, but like, come on, three hundred and something years later. Well, that's what's weird is people hated on Kanye West for saying that slavery was a mentality. Um, you're not telling me that. I mean, it's the same way we can say this about the Holocaust too. We can say that, you know, these people sort of gave up their freedoms to go and get taken in. I myself would fight to the death before I got taken in uh, to be sold into slavery or anything like that. But that's easier said than and a done. A lot of people did die for their independence, you know. A lot of people did. I mean, it, it's just an interesting concept to me. But this—that's not what this is about, right? Yeah. I think that you're I, getting deep, man. Take a drink of booze. You're well, getting too deep. Well, what I'm what <laughs> the way that I think that this does have something to do with it is, I think that these slaves were under some sort of mind control. Whether it was that is, is definitely a possibility. Well, yeah, and, and people think of mind control as like some science fiction type thing right. it can be done at multiple levels it yeah, doesn't fear of pain is mind control 
Absolutely. Great point. Yeah. I knew there was a reason you were here, even though you're way too far away from the fucking mic. Oh my gosh. Sorry. It's all right. Sorry, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to hear your voice. But so I want to get back to this Dr. George Estabrooks here. He was mentioning that um, a group of 200 hypnotists could release an army of perfect super soldiers during wartime to help the side of said hypnotist choice. And if only they just had the resources that they needed and the entire U.S. military could be overran by a handful of these so-called fifth columnists. Are you familiar with the fifth columnist terminology there? No, I have no idea. So it's pretty interesting, actually. So <laughs> the, the fifth columnist idea is essentially insurrectionists, people from within. So let's say it's the United States versus China. Fifth columnist in the United States would be people that are secretly supporting China, um, whether they're be whether they're just paid by China uh, or whether they just really uh, sympathize with their ideologies. Okay. The fifth column would be Chinese sympathizers inside of the U.S. And right. this comes from the Spanish, the Spanish, the spinach, the Spanish <laughs> Civil War, which. Um, there was a very, very weird deal where there was four columns, um, the fifth column. So we can think of columns as brigades here. There's four columns. Yeah, when you say column, you kind of lose me, my bad. So <laughs> columns are essentially brigades of, okay. of the military. Okay. Four columns coming in to invade a country. And the fifth column was already inside. All right. And this was reported during the, the uh, Spanish um, Civil War. Very interesting kind of idea because I think of, like QAnon, um, you know, people saying, like, just trust the plan. Um, you don't need to fight because there's already people fighting and blah, blah, blah. It's very uh, similar to Operation Trust during the Bolshevik Revolution. That's how they say we lo uh, Americans lost the Vietnam War because nobody, all the soldiers were so young, nobody was actually aiming for people. They were aiming above people. You know, that was like a myth. Well, that's different. And, and it, that's, de that's definitely different. But it, that is an interesting concept. Like when you draft people, and when there's no reason to actually fight, yeah, you're not going to really want to fight for your land. These people in Vietnam, they were fighting for their right to live the way that they wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Americans didn't really want to kill them for whatever They didn't want to be there. They yeah. were drafted. Yeah, and so they would just, like, aim high and, like, let them run away and, like, just, you know, inevitably fold. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what? what's also interesting, like, with the whole fifth column idea originating from Spain... You have in modern times, um, very, very modern, actually, like, you know, this week, you have La Quinta <laughs> Columna uh, out of Spain, where, again, this is where this originated. La Quinta Columna um, is talking about how blood samples from vaccinated individuals are showing some weird properties. And is that just bullshit information? Is this disinformation? I hate to believe that the mainstream media news is ever telling the truth. The only way we'll find out if what's she, she or he. La Quinta Columna? Yeah. It's a, a group. Oh, okay. See, I have no idea. It sounded like a really fancy name of a person. It's the fifth column in Spanish. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> anyways, if um, the group winds up dead or mysteriously like disbanded for some reason, then we'll know that they were telling the truth. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's kind of, that's kind of like the whole idea of like the witch being burned at the stake, right? I mean, this is uh, 
you know, if they're gone and they're dead, then there's no way to actually benefit from the shit that they were trying to say. But my idea here is, is La Quinta Columna, these, these medical researchers, are they on the side of humanity or are they fifth columnists? Like their name fucking says, right? Um, that's a, it's an interesting concept and I'm, it's concerning to say the least. Um, but it's an interesting story at the very least, I, I would say. So, um, I relate all this stuff, like I said, to QAnon, Steve Bannon, possibly Donald Trump, maybe even Mike Lindell. I mean, Mike Lindell is a very... You watch your mouth. Mike Lindell has been having a hard time lately, so just be nice to him. But that could be contrived. You know what I mean? That yeah. whole thing could be set up. Like I'm not getting enough attention. Be nice to me. Like and bad he... things are happening now, so everyone be nice. <laughs> hey, I love Mike Lindell. I think that he's a phenomenal... Um, uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna have kids look up to someone that's not their own parents, Mike Lindell seems to be pretty pretty um pretty on the up and up. He's an earnest dude, uh, ex crack addict that that you know found Jesus Christ. Which you know I don't know where I stand on that whole thing. Um, but it's just a it's a fascinating concept that you tap into someone so wholesome to to essentially mislead the public. And I don't know again. We maybe I got a little sore spot with Mike Lindell because we almost got him on and he just bailed on us last minute. But um, I don't know. You know, I I think that. okay. to be fair, though, he bailed last minute because like right as he bailed a couple days later, like his life started popping off. No, his life was popping off way before that. That, What what really happened was the uh, cyber symposium was like in the works. But before, like I was about to talk to him. So this was a big shit show. I mean. Uh, a lot of people were excited about it. And what happens right after that? Afghanistan. I mean, distraction after distraction. You've got podcasts that are dedicated to what Mike Lindell's doing, including Steve Bannon's, who, for those that may not remember, Steve Bannon was the chief of staff for Donald Trump for a short amount of time. And now he's running a podcast that's all about these right wing I- ideas, right? Um, acts like he's a big populist, even though he's a Jesuit, went to Georgetown, oldest Jesuit school in the United States. So why is he doing this? To trick everybody? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've listened to it. He's got this dude, Boris Epstein, that goes on there. And they talk about how the Arizona election audits are happening next week. And they've said next week for the last three months. I shit you not. Every time this motherfucker, Boris Epstein, gets on, who was part of Trump's staff as well, every time this fucking dude gets on, he talks about how the audit results are coming out next week. And if they don't, then there's a serious problem. He said that for three months now. And if you don't believe me, you can go and fucking listen yourselves. I have been listening to Steve Bannon's podcast, but when, you know, I don't know if you remember uh, the fucking, uh, the cyber ninjas, they all came down with COVID when they were like, finally gonna like officially do it. Everyone on the staff got fucking sick with COVID. And then they weren't able to, right. And they weren't able to release the results. And then the next week, the Afghanistan debacle happened. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's, it's so constructed in a way that it's almost, it's, it's very hard to follow. It's, it's a, it's a difficult thing to follow for most, but if you just kind of let a shred of common sense sort of fall through, you can see that this is absolutely what is going on here. It's a, it's a fascinating, fascinating thing. Um, not only that, but he has on Dr. Robert Malone, who uh, invented the technology of the 
uh, mRNA vaccine, which they're using for the Pfizer, the Moderna, the Johnson and Johnson, AstraZeneca, all these different vaccines, which are gene therapy. And they admit that. And then uh, another doctor, his name slipped in my mind. Uh, I might think of it later, but um, he helped set up the plan, Operation Warp Speed. And they're propping this guy up like he did the right thing. But it's like, dude, you fucking helped it happen to where we're, you know, queuing in fucking mandatory vaccines, you know, vaccine passports and shit like that. It's just it, it's crazy to me that people still actually take Steve Bannon seriously um, and, and also Donald Trump. I mean, come on, guys. I he was the first president I voted for. We went to the rally. It was fun. You were very, very inspired by Donald. Trump. I was yes. very excited about him because I was telling my father constantly he was like why don't you go and vote it's your duty as an american blah blah fucking blah he was telling me this right and i said dad leaders are not elected they're selected they you know yeah. we don't have any choice and in that fucking movie that I we just, just watched gonna say, that's what that was in that movie they sat there and had a heated argument about who's gonna be elected to run for vice president and that woman gave a very compelling argument because she Meryl Streep yeah yes because she is supposed to because they all have to really follow suit to what she says yeah she's sort of like that Hillary Clinton type yeah and in that speech man I swear she was using keywords and phrases that like turned each one of their heads during the speech because that's what she like that movie's rad yeah the verbiage and the tone right i mean it's a great movie and and there's there's serious truths to movies like that um but i was telling my dad back in 2016 like no fuck no i'm not gonna vote for either one of these because i hate hillary clinton i don't think donald trump's gonna win donald trump performs the upset and then he proceeds to run the country into the fucking ground uh yeah things were great for three years and then we come out in 2020 uh in a in a tyrannical state um people yell at you if you're not wearing your mask um yeah citizens turning against citizens that's not america man yeah trump was put there to put uh to to turn people against each other um right after barack obama a self-admitted socialist very very far left and then you get this right wing nut coming in and and fucking shit up on a on a different level um, I hope he gets back in just to see what happens. Like that's that's my honest thing right there. But uh, I, I want to get to this next conversation that I have with Alex Stein. We had a great time. It was fun. Um, you know, he he's always kind of a goofball and he always fucks around and, and uh, we always have fun conversations. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Alex Stein of the Conspiracy Castle. I don't know who the fuck Alex Jones is. I'm more about Alex Stein over here. And I'm very honored that he's he's hanging out with his favorite faggot right now. I'm appreciative of this, dude. No, did I call you a faggot? I yeah, call, you did. I call, well, everybody's a <laughs> faggot by proxy. Everybody's a gay homosexual. You know what I mean? If you ever look at porno with a guy and a girl, you're kind of gay because you look at the dude as a dick. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not saying I'm not calling you a fag. You're not a dick. Well, this, well, I do, one, this one. Let me say a, this. Yeah, yeah. Let me say this before you talk about your porn preference. Listen, okay. There's an old saying. It's like. If you bake one cake, I think I've said this to you, you're not a baker. You know what I mean? If you make one shoe, you're not a cobbler. But if you suck one dick, you're a fag. You're not that's a fag. You've never sucked any ding dong. So I think you're OK. That's where it comes down to. I think that's the but but people don't like that word. I don't I don't know. I don't know why gay people get to own that word because I, I don't I like gay people. I'm pre transitioning. You know, I'm, I'm doing one of those slow transitions one day. When I run for governor, I'm going to do my gender reassignment surgery. Sky Bear, I'm going to slowly cut off my genitals because of the topic we're talking about today, subliminal 
uh, mind control that has been uh, ingrained in me since birth. And I'm saying that facetiously, but it really is true with the constant marketing, with the fast food that has genetically modified organisms in that make you like are basically like a parasite in your brain. You know, they, they literally are controlling us with constant proper propaganda that keeps us in a spell, for lack of a better word. So there's no doubt. There's, it's impossible to be impervious from it because it's everywhere you go. Even if you get on an elevator to go to work, you're going to hear it on the elevator music, some sort of propaganda mm. that's brainwashing you some sort of way. Well, yeah, like the frequencies and stuff like that. I, I'm sure that that's what you're kind of hinting at there. Dude, we, I just talked about like the Duga radar, which is like the Russian version of Harp. Um, and that was put in place. Oddly enough, it was in Chernobyl. So it kind of feeds into that theory that like an American like asset came over and like, you know, kind of detonated that shit in Chernobyl to destroy this Duga radar. You know what I mean? But the reason that that was created was to not only manipulate the weather, but to put these frequencies out into the ionosphere. And then that shit bounces down. It messes with the way that that people think. And we hear about like the low vibrational kind of frequencies that some of these people that may be more subject to follow the agenda of like let's say fauci or um i mean biden or whoever a trump even you know what i mean um it's a very interesting little deal there um so yeah dude i mean i'm interested to hear what you think not only about the fast food i mean obviously we're attacked constantly with fast food the fluoride in our water um all these bad things but like let's hear what you got well, it's, it's, it's not just the fast food what i'm talking about it's the marketing it's like even if you're let's say you're trying to lose weight you're on a diet and you turn on the tv every freaking commercial other than the pharmaceutical commercials are for a hamburger and it looks juicy it's a wendy's double cheeseburger 3.99 you get the fries and what that does is whether you like it or not subconsciously something in your brain the serotonin mm. levels go oh i remember that i remember biting into that juicy hamburger is good so what that marketing does is able to go into your carnal instinct like a cat or like when you look at pornography and you get an erection, it can subliminally make you go to that restaurant. And, and when that is especially strong as you need to be when you're on a diet. And, and I don't know if you've ever seriously dieted. I don't know. A lot of people don't diet, whatever. But go on a diet and then watch regular TV when you're trying not to eat that. Every commercial is a Domino's pizza and the pizza looks delicious. And that's done on purpose. And it really does invoke that response. So that's just. I'm saying on the base level, you know, like that. And it goes to the same, the same way that they uh, market sugar to children to get them addicted. So it's like, we are literally programmed by marketing experts that came out of, I guess you would say the Tavistock Institute that was at the forefront of uh, brainwashing. And that's where they did a lot of the experiments on soldiers on how to brainwash uh, and how to manipulate somebody's mind to make them, uh, you know, like you like a Manchurian candidate where you can remote control a human being basically to create a super soldier. That's why they would, you know, that's why they say they're doing the testing. You know, maybe they can create the super soldier that doesn't have fear that will run in with a gun, you know, and, and enemy lines. Sky Bear, shut up. We're talking about NK Ultra. He can come here. He needs some ivermectin. The cat is um, not mind controlled right now. You can tell, dude. I can't he's even controlling hear my mind. Oh, you can't. Okay, good. Okay, my <laughs> mic is supposed to only hear a close sounds, but he's just being annoying. And I just took him outside. But what I'm saying is, uh, uh, it, the way the, the thing is with the mind control, it's like whether you like it or not, they're gonna they're gonna somehow from the media, like they're gonna encourage you to eat a hamburger. They're gonna encourage you to 
control your life. And that's what the military has basically learned how to do this through the Tavistock Institute. Like what frequencies they like with music. Like it's not, it, it, why do you think Post Malone or something gets chosen as six hit songs out of nowhere or Nas, Lil Nas X. These people know the musical frequencies of these songs that sound good. And then they add lyrics to it. Like they literally know the pattern of music that resonates with our ears that sound good. And then they use that and remix it in a way that makes it popular again. And uh, that's basically all rap, new rap music is, is the sampling of old successful songs with uh, new lyrics to it. And that's all. And the reason why it all becomes a hit, all of Cardi B's new songs become a hit because they're sampling music that's already been known to be successful in work that already has some sort of rhythmic pattern to it that our brains, ooh, this is pleasurable. This sounds nice in my ear. And there's a lot of different music that does that. And Tavistock is basically where all that came out of. So every, everything is manipulative propaganda brainwashing. Well, dude, you have, I mean, you hit on a lot of things there as far as like the, the rappers coming up. That XXX Tentacion guy that got killed a while ago, he was actually talking about how you can manipulate frequencies to make someone feel sad. You can make the most positive song, like the most positive lyrics, but you put an undertone in there. Like you've seen how like these speakers, how they, they treat the salts. Like when you put salt on a speaker, put different frequencies through it. It, it creates different patterns. Different patterns. Yeah. You, you don't think that shit's doing the same thing to your brain waves, right? I mean, like this is a hundred percent true. And then, you know, there's the whole thing with the Mariah Carey song. They play it around Christmas. It gives, it puts people in the That spirit. song is insane. Real quick. I want to hear, I don't, I know, I don't, I don't know what the fuck you're about to say about that song. It's funny you bring that up. Cause I, I want to hear your whole spiel about that song. <laughs> that is the, that's the number one song there ever was. For I mean, I, I mean, I mean for Christmas, but I'm just saying, it, it is such a Christmas song that it makes it almost you hear that song everywhere. Not, and I play it. I like it in a trance. Like it's it's, it's almost comforting. But well, that's dude, weird. All I do. You don't ever play. All I want for Christmas is you. You don't Fuck you don't no. like. Oh, dude, really? I hear it. I hear it. I get my. Well, that's what I'm saying. You hear it. Christmas. Well, you, I, I'm not saying that I'm like necessarily downloading it. But, dude, you hear it on the radio. You're you banging bump it in it. your car. I mean, yeah. I mean, dude, <laughs> you, dude what, what I'm saying is you hear it so much. You get annoyed by it, Ryan. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. So so it's like. Dude, all I want for Christmas. And, and But that song has a trance. Like, I don't think there's ever a song that has so much of a stranglehold. And I'm sure there was some Frank Sinatra song back in the day, you know, that they always listen to at some holiday. But this song has a holiday song. Is the strongest and most popular song there ever was and ever will be. I mean, it, it's it's insane. Yeah, the popular. Yeah, dude, I can see you like at a at like a office holiday party and you're about to pass out, but then that song comes on and you start screaming at your coworkers to dance. I can see that, dude. Yeah, well, all I know is this is Mariah Carey is, you know, like we saying brainwash. She's probably like some sort of brainwashed person. She went out with yeah, Nick yeah. and you know, she had some sort of like celebrity couple relationship. She always does. She was just with that billionaire guy for like 10 minutes. I mean, it, it, all these people are controlled. And I think the only way you get to that level is if you're controllable. You know what I mean? If you're, sure. if you're susceptible to like the brainwashing and the MK Ultra for, you know, lack of a better word, uh, control. Yeah, man, you you brought up that point about the songs and how the samplings and the music. But what about the lyrics? Instead of, you know, how hip hop music used to be all about the the art of like your craft, you're, 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 you got a silver tongue, you're a wordsmith, and this is what made you a better rapper. But you look at groups like the Migos and it's a chant. So it kind of adds that like satanic or like that witchcraft type element to it where you're hearing this like subliminally pleasing music and also a chant right like over and over well, again the same hook is just repeated and dude they all get paid by fashion nova to drop uh references they get paid by these diamond companies so sure. it's like 
I'm saying it's so manufactured and so these hooks, these words, uh, you're right. I mean, it's, it's just all fake bullshit that they know is going to be successful because in the past they're remanufacturing hit stuff that works. So, I mean, it's insane. Uh, sorry, my cats are going crazy, but it's mm-hmm. insane that they just use the same playbook and they can make superstars out of nobodies, basically. Yeah, dude. I mean, it, it's. I, I wish that they'd do it to me, you know, but I guess maybe I'm not. Uh... I don't think. See, that's another thing. Okay, that's one thing that gives me solace as a content creator is that we are never going to be mainstream by what we say. You know, yeah, I'm, always gonna, I'm always going to be hated on, especially if you put a magnifying glass on me. You hear me talk about the moon landing. You hear me talk about crazy stuff. They're going to say, this guy's a fucking psychopath, crazy person. And I can't disagree with him because my viewpoints are so different than the mainstream. So, so we can never hope to be big time. We can only hope, Ryan, to be big in the, the small, you know, big in the minority. We got to be a big fish in a small pond, basically. So I'm not shooting for that wide success. What I'm trying to do is, is this is why. A perfect reason. I was just telling somebody. I was just at the grocery store. And at the beginning of this pandemic, you know, like I was like real like anti-mask. Like, don't wear your mask. You know, you know, that's so bad. And now I still am anti-mask. Like, I don't think a mask helps you at all for a virus. I think it's ridiculous. You know, a virologist wears all this layer. But I'm saying I'm sick and tired. If you can't figure out by 18 months that it's all bullshit or that a mask, you know, is, you know, all about control. And basically, you know, what they're telling us is, is not the truth. I don't care. I'm done. If you want the vaccine, go get the vaccine. I'm not here to tell you what to do anymore. People have free will, and I I don't want to be responsible for other people's uh, well-being, basically. I'm not saying that to be callous or rude. It's just, dude, I'm not here to save the world. I'm done trying to save the world is what I'm saying. Dude. You know, with as far as the mask things, I've got two two points here. You know, with the mask things, Jeff Bezos cornered the mask market before the COVID shit really popped off. Um, remember that shortage of masks? I mean, it was kind of yeah, hard to actually find a mask yeah. in the beginning. Jeff Bezos cornered that market, and what he's cornering right now are full body suits, like boy in the bubble type suits. So, no. I mean, what is that gonna? What does that? See, tell dude, you? I think they're see right now. If we're talking about the vaccine, if we're gonna go on that, not the mind control. I mean, I guess it's all tied into that because it's a trauma based mind control they're using to scare us with all the news. But, dude, I believe now that every year there's about sixty thousand people that die of SARS. You know, and so I think that's about the same number. Maybe it's a little more, like seventy or something. But, but, and there's people they're mislabeling deaths, but there is some sort of virus. I, I'm like of the person. I do think there's a sickness. Like I think you can get an STD. I think you know you can transfer some sort of illness. I do think that's possible. I've had food poisoning. I don't think that I call me a conspiracy theorist, but I I still believe that. But what I'm saying is, Ryan, they're saying the ICU is all full. I don't even believe that. I don't believe anything from the hospital. But I am. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not. But I am seeing articles of young people dying like people are dying of the vaccine or from the vaccine and or they're getting sick. Myocarditis. We're talking. And if it's within two weeks of vaccination, if it's not two weeks after the vaccine and they go to the hospital, it's considered you're considered an unvaccinated person. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of the deaths, a lot of the incident deaths are all considered unvaccinated people. So people are like what I'm saying is if you really are paying attention, this is the worst part of the pandemic because people actually are innocent. And healthy people are dying out of nowhere. I mean, even though it's not at the rate uh, like some of these conspiracy theorists will tell you it is. But I, pre- I, pers- I personally believe they do that on purpose. They don't want to kill everybody at once. So like they know they have these doses of Moderna in, in Japan that the Japanese are saying had, you know, black stuff in it, you know, little black shards in Metallic it. Metallic shit, yeah. Yeah. So what the fuck? So, so maybe, you know, you think the person at CVS in, in fucking Dallas, Texas is like, oh, we can't use this. Let's 
like shards. No, that guy's an idiot. He's just going to stick you in the arm. We don't have that same quality control here in the United States because it would sick because everybody's so incentivized to vaccinate other people because they all think, well, my vaccine won't work unless you're vaccinated. So, dude, I do think shit's going bad. I do think people are dying. And I think like right now, that's why this Labor Day sucks because it doesn't one death can affect a lot of people. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so it doesn't not that many people have to die. Uh, like, you know, people die and they're 75 and they smoked or whatever, you know, you're not that sad, you know, 30, you know, 30 year olds, 40 year olds with kids, 50 year olds, 60 year olds, you know, it's sad when they die out of nowhere. And, and pop that, culture that... icons too, Alex. I mean, you got DMX, you got that boxer dude. I forget his name. Uh, off the Marvin Hagler, Marvis, Marvin, Marvin Hagler, Hagler Aaron. The... Uh, Midwin Charles. She was a CNN analyst, but they don't even, they didn't even, uh, they won't even give them their due or say they died of it. And now there's those BB analyst, uh, BBC analysts. They, they did say, they admitted that yeah, died yeah, yeah. Of, of COVID. So it's bullshit. They'll even admit it. And the news will never bring that up. You know, they haven't made one little thing about that BBC presenter that got the vaccine and died of it. They can't because Big Pharma controls all the freaking commercials. So they can't talk about what's really happening. So I don't have any sympathy for the people at the, you know, they want to wear their masks. They want to get their vaccine. I'll tell them. I'll give them my opinion. But I'm not, I'm not here to save the world anymore. It's the, 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 the world's not, I don't know if it's savable. Well, to get back to mind control, dude, uh, I mean, these people that are incentivized to give the vaccines, they are falling victim to this stuff. You know, if it's not mind controlling, you can be controlled by money. But I mean, everything goes back to your brain. Everything goes back to the way that you think and the way that you function. And if you tell a hospital that you get, what was it, like $30,000 per COVID death or some shit like that? It was some nine, I think. 39 okay i think so, that's what it was i think if i remember right i swear okay so maybe. forty thousand dollars per fucking person that dies that's a way to control people and then once you see that that's like that fundamental level of like okay this is this control and we're going to push this narrative out and that's that we'll finish off on this you say that you can't get big doing this kind of work what do you say about like david ike and alex jones and all those types do you think that they are out there to try to create division or what do you think the purpose of individuals like that is? Because, I mean, David Icke's a multi-fucking millionaire. Alex Jones is a little bit behind him. You've got some others that are, you know, pretty pretty close behind Alex Jones. Um, but what are your thoughts on that, man? Well, you're right. I mean, uh, Vince McMahon hires a heel on purpose. You know what I mean? You got to have a bad <laughs> guy, you know. And I'm saying sure. Alex, Alex Jones, I think, is a good guy in general. But I think everybody has a price. You know, he's on Time Warner's payroll. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, he has a distribution with all those radio stations. He's always had that. Like, he's always talking about 9-11 truth and stuff, but he was on like a thousand radio stations before he got kicked off. You know, he was really heavily syndicated guy. You don't do that unless you have some sort of mainstream because like all these radio stations are conglomerates owned by Time Warner or NBC Universal or Clear Channel. You know what I mean? So And the music that he's able to use in his intro and outros and stuff, those are licensed products that he's able to use and he never gets popped for those. Probably because he has those FM, FM stations or something like that. That gives him sure. Control. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Whatever, whatever it's called, whatever the DCMA or whatever it is. But listen, he said Sandy Hook was bullshit. Now Remington's suing uh, the victims because they want proof of like you know uh, the employees being real employees or the kids you know being kids. So listen, I know this is for not the fan of heart. People need to look into Sandy Hook. Is really a lot of yeah. incongruities with that. But he walked that back and, and he probably did that to save face. And I would do that too of my lively. I would do anything to save my life. Sadly, I hate to do, I hate to, I hate to be honest and say that anybody, I mean, unless I was suicidal, but 
if you have some sort of self-preservation, you would say, oh, yeah, that was just crazy at the time. Sandy Hook is all true. So I know that he knows it's bullshit. And then he had to do that for optics or whatever. So I know he's somewhat of a little bit of a liar, right? So yeah. it's just with me, I look at Alex Jones' entertainment and he's taught me a lot of stuff. So I'm actually, I, for him, because I still agree with him, uh, a line uh, uh, more so than I used to love Howard Stern. I used to be the, I think he was the king. And now I hate Howard Stern. So I'm saying at least Alex Jones has more integrity than Howard. So I, yeah, so I like Alex Jones, but I don't put my, I, I think for myself, I don't think I don't let Alex Jones see for me, but he's such a good entertainer. He's, he's great. So good. He's one of the best entertainers. He's better. I don't than know Alex if you, dude. I don't know if you saw that video where he took the fucking horse. Ivermectin. I know. Yeah. I tell you, that, that's my next thing. I just called the saddle shop, and this is my next prank I'm going to do. I have this horse mask, so I was going to do this. They sell ivermectin at the saddle place. It's not that far. It's a couple miles up the road. And then, so I was going to walk into an urgent care clinic, have somebody film me <laughs> with the ivermectin. And say, so I've been taking this ivermectin and then have a bunch of, you know, and then have jeans with shit all in the back and say, I'm shitting my pants. <laughs> and, and you should, put- you should have like some, uh, hay, some alfalfa hay in your hands too. And like, you're shoving it in your mouth, dude. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run in there with poop all of my jeans and then, <laughs> and that horse mask. So they don't know it's technically. And then have, it. have like one of your friends standing behind you and kick them and be like, you can't stand behind me. <laughs> like, you know, cause like horses fucking kick people. Well, I got a new video. I, I don't know if it's <laughs> on my Instagram, but I had some, you got, uh, I had some Hispanic, uh, labor pool guys, just some cameramen. They weren't the best cameramen, but I'm going to use them for this prank. I think maybe I will <laughs> kick, uh, maybe I'll kick one or two of them on my way out. First. <laughs> yeah. That might make the video. They would let it if it would be fake kicked him so yes dude good. well hey alex thank you so much dude for hopping on just kind of talking a little shit you always uh you know bring your uh great persona to the the uh the show here talk about your work real quick dude just to close out here you got conspiracy castle your patreon dude i did want to give you some serious credit on one f- aspect of that where i think it's under like a 33 dollar tier you actually will teach people how to create their own shows and I've yes. been really trying to tell everyone that listens to my show to create their own show. But if they want to do that, they can go over to yours. Um, it's 10 bucks and it's really basic. Okay. And I, guys, I'm not going to like, I'll help you. I need to do, I need, I have a couple of messages I need to respond to. Basically, you know, we're going to talk you through it. I'll tell you what you need to tell you whether you can use StreamYard, how to do it through Zoom. And it's just a basic introductory thing how to do it because like like i said i didn't know how to do it i didn't know what obs was i didn't know what a restream key was i didn't know any of this shit i still so don't know any of those things so check thing. out i could teach stuff. you in one hour i could explain it to you so it's not that hard but cool. uh yeah and so you know if i can help somebody i like it i haven't i, I think i only have seven people signed up for it so uh so it's not like i have so many people but it's not about that i don't want to i don't even i'm not even trying to do it to make money like you say i encourage people to do it i just kind of want to just encourage i hope so i i encourage somebody and then they get a big show and then they think that i'm responsible yeah like dude. how like how joe rogan always thanks anthony cumia for starting his podcast so anthony cumia is always welcome on the joe rogan podcast because of that yeah man i mean that's what it's about getting a, a bigger voice as a collective here man so again alex thank you very much guys you already know who conspiracy castle is you know what they do over there so check that show out and uh i mean thanks for your time dude and uh keep keep killing the game man always always you too tell brandon hello tell my miss prime time 99 that's the guy that you need to go listen to man fun stuff that he does conspiracy castle you know what it is um back to dr george estabrooks though estabrooks 
has on record hypnotized low IQ or low rank individuals in the military and made them capable of retaining complex information very, very quickly. And he started this sort of research and uh, conducted these early experiments. I'm sure there's people that did this before him, but then you get this J.G. Watkins character that comes about after him, ran, ran subsequent tests along the same lines and also proved that these same type individuals, these low rank, these people that want to progress their career, low IQ, but hardworking people, um, they could become hypnotized to commit acts that are against their own morals and even military laws. And Watkins ran experiments exactly like those in Manchurian Candidate, the movie that we just talked about. That's crazy. And, well, and the scene that I find very interesting is when, you know, Denzel Washington, Leah Schreiber and that whole battalion or whatever they were, they move in, they, they're fighting and you see some some like RPGs coming in and all kinds of chaos. And then Denzel gets knocked out, right? Um, come to find out this stuff never really happened. It was just stuff that they imagined. They were essentially all brought in. They were playing cards and then they were put under some hypnosis and brought to a secret um, sort of base that these experiments were carried out. And they would take people and tell a private to go and kill an officer. And the private would do that, you, you know, knowing that this officer was on his same side, a higher ranking individual, and their handler or the person that's putting them under hypnosis says, hey, go and fucking put a bullet in that dude's brain or go and choke that guy. And they do it without even thinking about it. Um, the real actual project here is that privates would be in a room with Watkins, this J.G. Watkins dude. And after being put under, Watkins told that said private to go and fight this officer or, or said that this officer was on the enemy's side. And every single time, without exception, they would go and try and violently attack this officer. On one, one case, actually, that's noted in the book, uh, My Control, World Control, that um, this dude pulled out a knife and tried to stab an officer. And, uh, you know, luckily it didn't actually play out. But this was the, the kind of shit that they're capable of doing just by mass hypnosis and, um, you know, heavy indoctrination. Uh, peer pressure may even be involved. And so in 1954, Morse Allen, who is the head of the Bluebird subproject under MK Ultra, continued the same type of work again, creating what he called a disposable assassin. And around the same time, the CIA was working on creating multiple personalities and subjects through Alden Sears at the University of Minnesota at first, and then the University of Denver. And Colorado is a very weird sort of occult state. Yeah, I bet too, like the United States government itself or like the, the whoever controls all the money gave all these colleges grants to work on all these projects. Yeah, yeah, they were absolutely tied in with the military, whether it was Army intelligence, CIA, FBI. Um, obviously, the CIA ran these experiments, but you, you'd be a fool to not realize that the Army intelligence groups and the FBI even, even though, you know, the FBI and the CIA had, you know, been kind of fighting. You know what? They even make a nod about it to uh, to them testing in colleges 
in the movie Ghostbusters. In the first one, they work at a college and they're zapping people to see if they have psychic ability or not. And you get zapped, like they hold a card in front of them. And if they get the wrong answer, then they get zapped. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. actually did hear about that, honestly. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's, that's a-, a part of the mind control. They're trying to see if you're psychic or if the zapping can like control you, like pain, you know, to get the wrong answer or whatever. I don't know. Well, yeah, if you get the idea there, I think, is that if you get shocked, you something will tap into your own like subconscious and you'll be able to have some kind of psychic abilities picked up if you go through enough pain right it's something i don't know and that's the thing man like you know i've been doing research on this pretty in depth for a month and i'm not even scratching the surface that's the thing i mean like you get some people that go out and do like a quick hour on something and I, i give them a lot of credit i think everyone should look into this stuff um but no one is really no one knows the it's the methods go, it's a way to go down the rabbit hole that's true yeah and so so the whole idea of that sort of concept brings us to the fidel castro assassination attempts and the first high stakes real world missions using these type of experiments were the assassination attempts of this dude right um using cia fbi and uh, even mafia assets like Sam Giacana and John Rosselli, who were recruited by Robert Mayhew, who was a U.S. Uh, intelligence agency asset. Uh, he went out and he, he hired these assassins uh, through these mafia connections. And Sidney Gottlieb, who you guys know, I, m- I mentioned him several times. He was the one that was running MK Ultra. He was in charge of the Castro assassination attempts as well. At the Technical Services Division, and the projects were under the code name ZR Rifle, and the TSS, which is that Technical Services Division, that's their their code name or their you know sort of like the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The TSS is the Technical Services Division, and this was in charge of nearly all the assassination plans. And this brings me to Lieutenant Commander Thomas Narut, Navy psychologist. In Naples in 1979, he admitted to programs of creating Manchurian candidates, there's that word again, right, at a NATO conference in Norway, but didn't give great detail under until, um, you know, afterwards, when he met with a small group of friends, including Peter Watson of the London Sunday Times. And he told this group, including this, uh, this Peter Watson, that they were setting up a team of combat readiness units, which included assassins and hitmen who were trained in clockwork orange type fashion. So again, we see art imitating life here. Very, very interesting. We're talking eyes strapped open, literally strapped to a chair, uh, watching brutal stuff, being forced to watch snuff films, being forced to watch real life murder. I wonder where they get the people that do all this stuff. Well, I'm glad you asked that. They would take uh, <laughs> murderers. They would take, uh, you know, Medal of Honor recipients, uh, people that were that were awarded uh, medals of 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 all kinds, and and also war criminals. Right. So it was a it was a unique kind of group, but also at the same time. It's this. It's just the the most badass people. Did they like take them or like recruit them, thinking they were gonna have a great time and like get you know trained and have all these skills and be able to kill people because they thought it was cool? Or well, I think that this is what boot camps for, right? Oh, you put these yeah. people through boot yeah. camp, 
Maybe they like streamline the process and just you go to boot camp for what is it three weeks? I think I don't know. What I think it is. it's three weeks. Yeah, I should know that, but no, I yeah, I think that boot camp. You go through boot camp, you figure out what you're good at. You go into the military, maybe you serve a, a tour or two. Um, you know, you get money for college supposedly. <laughs> that's yeah, the drop. Allegedly, yeah. uh, that's going to go away. But yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, that's a good question. I mean, but yeah, they do. They do take, you know, random different people that that these people like Sidney Gottlieb at the time saw promise in. And they, maybe they were like draft rejects, like other people. No, no, no. They were like the top of the line people, oh. but they would take some some rejects, but they would also take some elite soldiers. Right. And it was just whoever fit in line with with the way that they wanted to carry shit out. Right. It's a so, fascinating. So idea. it's like the movies, like. You know, you go to jail because you're in a bar fight and then, you know, you know, you're going to serve time because you really roughed up the other guy. And then suddenly some guy in a suit walks up to your cell and says, I can make you a deal if you assassinate someone. Exactly. That that shit really happened. But but it takes a special (laughs) kind of person and a lot of programming goes into those people. So like, you know, back to the idea of like this clockwork orange shit where they're trying to like, you know, fix this guy's bad behavior by showing him traumatic images to kind of curb that behavior they would take these people that were already kind of like inclined to, to carry out some pretty horrendous acts and they would show them anything that you can imagine, but it wasn't a movie. It wasn't a fictitious movie. It was real live footage. I, according to this book, they would even show like grown men in Africa getting circumcised and shit like that. You know, they say that, oh, got another movie reference because I watch movies all the time. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the first one when they went through the tunnel, that's what they say that was. It was a collage, streaming collage of like horrible, vile things like maggots and really? uh, centipedes and weird shit and chickens getting their head cut off. Yeah. But it looked like pleasurable to them? No, no. They were all scared and screaming when they went through the tunnel. Uh, like really? when they were on that boat and they went through the tunnel you know he sings i forget what he sings what song does he sing like uh is it raining is it snowing is a hurricane a blowing you don't remember no well it's fucked up because he sings a song and all the people are scared and all around and they're going on this boat in this tunnel and all around them the visuals of this tunnel are chickens getting their head cut off a centipede crawling over a dead woman's mouth like it's fucked up I wonder, I mean, that, that reminds me of the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of that ring video, you know, that quick video that makes you want to kill yourself. Yeah. 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 There is definitely like mind control, subliminal messaging shit. And it like made an uproar when it came out back in those. I just, I heard about the hoopla that it made. Interesting. Yeah. I think I heard about the hoopla that it made that mothers and families were complaining about it. And I think I heard it from my grandmother when I watched it in front of her and she got all offended. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because it came out way back then. So yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So um the the candidates of this uh sort of unorthodox project and this un- uh, this weird little team were not only, like I said, submarine crew members, uh paratroopers, um, but also like these mil- murderous fucking military prisoners, war criminals. Uh it, the like I said, there's no real um criteria for who gets inducted into the program but it's people that are just chosen for whatever reason um and it's kind of interesting too uh selected men were trained at the navy neuropsychiatric lab in san diego of all places but also in this naples uh place where naruto worked and um 
After the London uh, Sunday Times printed this information, the Pentagon obviously quickly denied the claims and Narut uh, sort of like just backpedaled all this shit uh, <laughs> just a little bit. Of course he did. Well, he didn't do it fully, right? I mean, like he backpedaled a bit, but never denounced what he said. And higher ups in, uh, you know, affiliated with the Pentagon and, and that new Narut, they um, immediately just said that he was a victim of psychosis, that he, he was suffering some some mental problems. That is ridiculous. I mean, it is. But like at the time, that's a, a very credible thing. If you see someone with a suit, it's that idea of the, the clipboard theory, right? If someone walks into a building with a clipboard, they can do whatever they want. That's true. That's true. I saw a funny video on Instagram where a group of kids said that they could walk inside anywhere for free if they were all holding a ladder, like the three of them carrying the ladder. And it was true. They walked into a movie theater for free. They walked into a stadium while a game was going on. It's crazy. Just carry a ladder. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, what's interesting, too, like, you know, even though Narut's talking about how he's trying to backpedal a little bit, one of the organizers of that conference that Narut discloses information at, his name was Dr. Irwin saracen and he said that that he was actually approached by the navy which you know worked for years earlier before this conference ever took place and he was actually like propositioned with the idea of participating in similar programs you said proposition <laughs> what's wrong with that no i just think it's funny sorry continue your proposition like you told the, you no, know, like, I know. Like, do you not like, know nudge, a proposition? of course i know come on what are we talking <laughs> about here well you want me to proposition you I'll show you. Is that like an old That's prostitute reference or something? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> this is professional shit. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's an interesting idea, right? To think like how some young men may have gotten recruited into these programs, uh, being told they're chosen and given an incredible opportunity, they're right? Special. They're they're sort of bribed. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. paid paid very well. They're uneducated, low IQ people, uh, paid what... very well, not working often. And I mean, it's just a weird, weird thing. If you're told like, hey, you can make six figures back in the 50s and 60s, working three days a year, making six figures. Right. What kind of kids are not going to take that, especially when they're being told, um, all hey, Americans you're chosen. All want to be special. Yeah. Uh, I think all dream. people, I think all people do. I think all people do. That's true. We don't want to be anti-patriotic here, but <laughs> um, this book cites really interesting examples. Um, one that I thought was very interesting uh, a young man was told to infiltrate a biker gang and kill the leader in order to get these two rival bike gangs to fight. And uh, it's like a bad writing type situation. Yeah, sounds, you know what I mean? well, yeah. It's like, like a, a daytime drama about a mother's son that joined a biker gang. Well, it's like, what's or that fucking bike show? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Sons of Anarchy. It's like oh, the yeah. it's like the later seasons of Sons of Anarchy where it's like, you'll go kill this guy. And you're Isn't there fight. another one like Mayans of Mayhem or something? Yeah, know. it's a Mexican version of that. It's the same <laughs> shit. It, they, you know, these things get tired. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they just try and run the same the fucking thing. formula doesn't work after like, you know, show two or three, you guys. There was another example in this book that took me right back to the uh, Denzel version of Manchurian Candidate, where the victim uh, in this book explains that he was kidnapped and brought to an interrogation room in the desert by what he thought were the Mossad and the Shabak. Shabak is uh, just another sort of branch. It's a, you know, internal uh, sort of like a CIA type situation over in um uh, Israel 
and his 1972 mission was to be a sleeper in German terrorist groups. And that makes a lot of sense why Israelis would want to fight German terrorists, right? Uh, A little Holocaust situation (laughs) makes it seem a little more credible. But uh, so, yeah, this 1972 mission, they used what they refer to as a torture trouser, tight leather and steel loincloth that would electrocute his ball sack. I really like that imagery. I mean, uh, (laughs) maybe you have something wrong with you, but I mean, that's fucked up, though. You know, whether the guy is telling torture, yes. I mean, what's the other practical uses of this? I don't know. I'm sure if it was on a low dosage, it could be used like sexually, like for people that are like how they shove the thing in the uh, horse's ass that stimulates their prostate with electricity and makes them come right away. Is that what you're talking about? That's not what this is at all. This is the opposite of that. Okay, awesome. My bad. So anyway, uh, you know, if the Manchurian movie isn't real enough to you yet, uh, I got to bring this whole thing up of a uh, Colonel William Bishop who explained how he was chosen after the Korean War. And he describes exactly how, in the movie, a code word would be read to the assassin, and he will go and carry out the hit. And he was quoted by researcher Gary Shaw in 1983, saying this, I never understood why they selected me personally. There were any number of psychological or emotional factors involved in people's selection antisocial behavior patterns, paranoid or the rudiments of paranoia, and so on. But when they are successful in this programming, or for lack of a better term, indoctrination, they could take John Doe and get this man to kill George and Jane Smith. He will be given all the pertinent information as to their location, daily habits, etc., then there is a mental block put on this mission in his mind. He remembers nothing about it. Perhaps a month or a year later, rarely over a year, at least back in those days, the phone rings, a code word will be read to him, and a voice that John Doe recognizes will trigger the action. John Doe will commit the assassination, return home, and remember absolutely nothing of it. It is a totally... It's a totally blank space. That's exactly what they talk about in that movie. They yeah, make references. That, they, they literally made a movie about an actual CIA program. That's yeah. fucked up. And if that's that's not the first one, I guarantee it. No, it's just the most popular one. I mean, it, you know, there was a book. Um, but yeah, it's it's very real shit. I want to move into this conversation that I had with Mark. We talk about some Manchurian candidate type stuff and we get into uh, the JFK assassination a little bit more. And after him and I are done talking, I'll actually elaborate a little bit more about what we are getting into. Ladies and gentlemen, you know this next individual very well. Goes by the name Mark Palmer. Runs a very fantastic podcast. My family thinks I'm crazy, and I think we can all relate. Mark, what is going on, buddy? What's up? Thanks for having me, man. I love the series you're doing, and I'm glad I can contribute. Dude, I'm sure that you can contribute to a lot of topics that I touch on, man. Um, You know, your uh, podcast has really taken off, and you've gotten some incredible guests on lately. And um, I think that the way that you're operating over there I think you've got a future in this, buddy. I think that you're going to be uh, you're going to be in this for the long haul. So any one of my listeners 
that isn't uh, either subscribing to the Patreon, patreon.com slash my family thinks I'm crazy, I'm assuming, um, you know, go ahead and uh, check that out, man. You've got uh, comparable prices as uh, as what I do on mine. And it's a great way to support your local uh, or, you know, nationwide independent. Yeah. Al- alternative media stuff. Speaking of which, I mean, Alt, Alt Media United, it's a great platform to meet all kinds of different uh, podcasters and, and kind of introduce yourself to great shows. But we talked a little bit earlier today, uh, Mark, and, and we kind of got in a little bit into this whole idea of the JFK connection with the mind control. I kind of talked to you a little bit about that Permindex thing, the Umbrella Corporation that owns Resorts International, which sounds... I mean, just the name Resorts International, it sounds like a shell company. That's like the company that Barack Obama worked for called Business United or whatever the fuck, Business National. It's just like yeah. these vague names. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, I, I'm interested to see what you got, man. So where do you want to start with uh, with what you've got here? Well, I definitely want to just bring to light uh, someone who is connected into this whole JFK scheme that might not be obvious to some who haven't researched it before it just uh came across to me you know unheard of you know i I consider myself like a long-term in terms of my life conspiracy theorist like 16 17 i was pretty much into it on most of them 9-11 jfk aliens you name it i was into it at a young age and um and jfk was one that i thought i just knew you know, the gist of it. It was, you know, somebody who didn't like JFK, maybe secret society. You know, you always hear his uh, speech uh, about this monolithic secret society that exists in uh, in the United States and in the world. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, he's assassinated. Well, there's a lot of elements to this whole situation that I think, if anything, you know, I don't want to uh, plagiarize this work that I have in front of me, but I think I can bring some threads to light that maybe other people haven't heard before and then can tie into what they think of what happened. Uh, because I do think JFK is like fundamental in a lot of ways. You know, the term conspiracy theorist was really born then, and that's been used to combat anybody who questions the social engineering that's taking place from the 1% however you want to label it there's many different ways and angles but i definitely think that from the occult side of things there's a group that's in the know that set things up that day in dallas uh nothing happens by accident and nothing happens by happenstance or chance you know these things are pre-planned and that's the case with this event but some of the players involved that people might have heard of carlos Marcello, who hated JFK and Bobby, you know, his brother. And uh, he was basically for organized crime, you know, these different uh, racketeering groups and all these different mafia trafficking. You know, you research and talk to people who know much more than I about those types of things. But this is a player who was definitely involved in the assassination. Now he is connected to somebody who's even lesser known, a guy named David Ferry. Okay. Now David Ferry is remembered as somebody who was acquainted with Carlos Marcello, but also Harvey 
Lee Harvey Oswald, right? Clay Shaw, Guy Bannister, and Jack Ruby, the guy who ended up shooting Lee Harvey Oswald uh, the day after JFK was killed. So, you know, back to David Ferry, he possessed assorted talents and eccentricities, according to this uh, author. He was one time a senior pilot, okay, which is why he was involved with these types, right? Trafficking, going to different countries. Um, but he was also a hypnotist, a serious researcher of the origins of cancer, an amateur psychologist, and a victim of a strange disease. So he's just really, you know, on all fronts, kind of a strange character. But as you know, you might have, your ears might have perked up at that one thing, a researcher of the origin of cancer. Well, the person uh, who you might remember we talked about, Dr. Mary uh, Baker, she is, you know, someone who's involved in this whole thing as a, a sort of cancer researcher. So the... And what'd the you mafia, say, Mark, her, her full name was? Well, I might have been wrong, so people can correct me if I'm wrong, but the author of this book is judith very baker but she's talked about sometimes as mary baker or dr mary baker unless i'm mistaken and those are two different people but you know as these things go there often is people with the same name that bizarrely mm-hmm. you know appear in these kind of strange ways so mm-hmm. but a little bit about the author uh judith very baker she is an artist, writer, and poet who first became known as a young prodigy in cancer research. Yes, so it is the same person. Then later for assertion that while conducting cancer research in New Orleans in the summer of 1963, she had a love affair with Lee Harvey Oswald. So she wrote a book called Me and Lee, How I Came to Know, Love, and Lose Lee Harvey Oswald. She lives in Europe now, um, you know, obviously not welcome uh, or safe probably in the United States, but this is why she was able to write this book because she knew Lee Harvey Oswald intimately. And the strange, you know, the strange part is how the medical industry is even involved in the JFK assassination. Like, you know, obviously uh, in the seventies, the AIDS crisis was a big deal. And uh, all of all right, you got Mark dropping his usual fire there. To listen to the rest of that conversation, guys, as usual, head on over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. You'll hear more conversation with Mark about another 15, 20 minutes with him and an additional 45 minutes or so where I go deeper into the JFK hit. How did it go down? Lee Harvey Oswald and Sirhan Sirhan a little bit more. That was a fun one, guys, and I hope that you enjoyed the series. I'll see you at Patreon.